0: you mentioned people who are looking for work fiscal sponsors are always hiring especially if you have background in finance and accounting or even come from a customer service kind of role mm-hmm. a lot of sponsors have a staffing structure where they have account managers essentially for their projects if it's a professional sponsor that has a lot of projects they might have a handful of people that are each assigned to 10 20 30 projects and they're like the account Manager, So if you have any background in that or any background in any kind of back office work, accounting, finance, legal, HR, they need you. We need you. We want you. (laughs) Um, That's for sure.
1: Welcome to Looking Forward, where we speak with experts about marketplace and societal trends, and most importantly, how they might affect you. I'm Jeff Ostroff, the host of Looking Forward. If you're like me, you're fascinated by trends in the future. In fact, several years ago, that was one of the things I focused on in a book I wrote. Well, hi there, Looking Forward listener. That was Andrew Schulman speaking about some of the many opportunities available in the relatively unknown world of fiscal sponsorship. I'm speaking about opportunities for job and career seekers, freelancers, social entrepreneurs, Investors, donors, and nonprofit organizations, whether they are startups or well established. Before I go any further, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been a looking forward listener over the past roughly 14 months. The comments and interest shown in this podcast have led me to a place I never imagined I'd get to 100 episodes. Yes. This episode with Andrew Shulman is the 100th we've produced and broadcast since Looking Forward began back in June 2020. So thanks again. I want to assure you that I'll be working hard to make the next 100 episodes of Looking Forward even better. In part two of this two-part series, Andrew Shulman will tell us what impact COVID-19 has had on fiscal sponsorship, where he sees this rather underground industry of sorts, Going in the near future. And as I mentioned at the outset, he'll speak to some of the myriad opportunities individuals may find in that world. And Andrew isn't going to stop there, he'll also provide some great tips for those who want to enter the nonprofit sector's fiscal sponsorship community, whether on the fiscal sponsor or project side of the equation. Okay, now let me tell you just a little bit about our guest expert, Andrew Shulman. Andrew Shulman is the founder and a principal at Shulman Consulting, America's only consulting and advisory firm exclusively focused on the nonprofit fiscal sponsorship sector. Shulman Consulting guides dozens of clients. We're talking about fiscal sponsors and sponsored projects, large and small, and overcoming a variety of challenges. Shulman Consulting combines Andrew's nonprofit leadership experience with his background in the for-profit sector, to bring an analytical approach to problem-solving. Andrew has the ability to find solutions that account for impact, equity, and efficiency. You'll find more about Andrew, his business, and the book he recommends about fiscal sponsorship by visiting www.jeff-ostroth.com. Andrew, I want to take us up to the current day right now, and then we're going to get into the future. We know that COVID has had a dramatic impact on our lives, some people far worse than others. It certainly has had an impact on business and I'm sure nonprofits. From your vantage point, when you're dealing with both the projects and the fiscal sponsors, what impact do you think it's had? Has it increased the demand for these Has it made it more difficult to operate these? Speak a little bit about that, please, Andrew.
0: Sure. I mean, I think from the perspective of people wanting to do good in the world, I think COVID has driven a lot of people to take action. And a lot of sponsors have seen incoming applications and people interested in getting fiscal sponsorship have seen a lot of growth in that area in the past couple of years. And on the flip side, I think a lot of funders Nonprofits have had issues and have had to go out of business essentially because of COVID, and a lot of ones who are doing direct service with people and communities and COVID sort of shut all that down, right? And so, if there wasn't a way for them to pivot and do something different, that made sense. They might have had to shut down. But I think, by and large, if you talk to people who are really experts in fundraising, which I am not, they will say that between COVID and some of the social justice movements that have been happening. There was a real uptick in giving over the past few years, and you know there's been a lot of pressure sort of put on large foundations and other donors to distribute more of their funds than they're historically known to do and that they're legally required to do. That has definitely filtered down to fiscally sponsored projects as well. I mean, they're out there fundraising. You know, most of them in the ways that other nonprofits are fundraising, and so they have been able to access some of those dollars as well. It's been very interesting because you've sort of seen sort of... It's like a tale of two cities. There's like the ones who have done really well. And then there are ones who are sort of, for whatever reasons, weren't able to tap into those you know new sources of funds or those sort of growing sources of funds and have either closed down or have to shrink significantly.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I had a guest on recently, Andrew, Ann Cecil, who's an expert on retail trends. Okay. And she was saying similar things. Through COVID, some have made it. Some retail operations and others haven't done very well. So that, again, makes perfect sense to me. Do you think there's been any change as we think about COVID and as you talk about more people donating? Has there been a greater awareness of fiscal sponsorship, at least in the business community, the nonprofit community, as a result of this, or is it still lying low? I mean,
0: I'd like to think that there's been... More awareness generated, right? If there's more projects that are going out to raise more funds, invariably they're talking to more people and new and different people than maybe others have talked to in the past. So I would like to say that yes, we definitely we're increasing the awareness of it. You know, that being said, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Like I think it's still not. If you poll ten people in nonprofit, like I guess maybe three or four of them really know what this is, and the others maybe have heard of it, maybe not. And funders too. It's an interesting conundrum that fiscal sponsors and sponsored projects have with funders because a lot of funders don't have a blanket sort of policy against giving to fiscally sponsored projects. And others might do that, but they'll only give to once one project has funding from that donor. They might say, well, we gave to your organization because they're all sort of under one organization. So now no one else is eligible, not sort of honoring the fact that each of these there might be 100 projects underneath that sponsor all doing very different work. So there's, we're, we're constantly doing or trying to do some education with funders and others around what this is, how it works, how it's beneficial to both the people who are starting doing this work and also the communities that are benefiting from it.
1: Yeah, I could see where you'd be doing that. Andrew, one other thing I wanted to ask you before we start looking into the future... You were giving some great examples of projects in the United States. Can you give us an example of a project that might involve a country or an organization that's not in the United States? For sure.
0: And there's many of these sort of all over the world, ranging from direct service to more like fundraising arms of things like symphony orchestras and other things that are well known in other parts of the world that want to be able to access the US donor base. One that comes to mind is an organization in Pakistan that is helping visually impaired folks all over that country. And it's wow. been around for 30-something years and is under fiscal sponsorship here so that people in the U.S. can donate and help out, but know that their money is going to organization that's doing good work and it's going to actually help the mission rather than sort of into a black hole somewhere.
1: That's terrific. And we're going to come back to this because to me, when I hear that, What I think of is an opportunity for an organization to potentially partner, in this case, it's with the United States, but I'm sure these partnerships, as you talked about in the future, may exist elsewhere and and great things can be accomplished. The essence of looking forward, as you probably know, Andrew, is to look forward. And so we're focused on the future and we will also be focused on opportunities. So for right now, as we think about the future, if you had to predict what trends or changes you think we'll see in fiscal sponsorship over the next several years, we won't ask you to project 20 years out. Nobody knew about COVID. So how could we ask you to think 20 years (laughs) out? But, you know, the next few years, maybe the 20s, what would you expect to see? Would you expect to see, for example, more fiscal sponsors different types of nonprofits getting involved with them, that they would become more widespread globally, none of this. What would you think we're going to see?
0: I think we're going to see increased awareness. Since the beginning of the pandemic, With a colleague of mine led a weekly Zoom meeting of fiscal sponsors. And it's open to any and all staff at any any organization that can claim that they do fiscal sponsorship and we can verify it. And so we've had a lot of conversations. We just, we're, we're coming up on our hundredth session in, uh, middle of this month. And so we've had a lot of conversations about a lot of different topics, but we often talk about the future and what can be done, what we can do to help impact the future and, you know, make the future we want for fiscal sponsorship. And I, I do think you're going to see more awareness of it among, especially among the people who can benefit the most from it, people in. Marginalized communities or people who have had barriers raised in front of them to doing things like this, right? I mean, if you think about starting a nonprofit, it's something that historically costs between five and $10,000 and could take a year or more. And most people don't have the wherewithal to do that. And that shouldn't be the thing that stops them. And so fiscal sponsorship is really can level the playing field in a lot of ways. It can make it a lot less expensive, a lot quicker. To start something new, just a lot, you know, less sort of red tape that you need to deal with. You don't need to learn all these, spend all your nights and weekends sort of Googling what forms you have to send in to the state attorney general's office, or you don't want to miss your IRS filing or whatever it is and really focus on the work. And so I think the more people who learn about this, the more people want to use it, take part in it. And so I think because of that, you're going to see more of these organizations. I mean, my, ideal world is that every city and town you know, has a local fiscal sponsor that people know they can go to, to start their project. And that supports them in doing that. And um, I don't know if we'll get there in the next 7 or 8 years, but I think that is a good goal to try to work towards. And at the same time, getting more funders understanding of this, more government agencies understanding of this, and, and really helping people understand that this is a beneficial path for a lot of people in a way to to do, you know, get started or, or continue doing this work that, you know, they might not otherwise be able to do.
1: Yes. Just as a follow-up to that, what about global interest in this? Do you see that becoming greater? And again, we've looked at it from both sides, the fiscal sponsor, mm-hmm. and from the perspective of the project, who doesn't have to learn all these different minutiae. Do you think that's percolating or will percolate as well?
0: I do. I mean, I think at the very least, you're going to see more interest from projects outside of the U.S. wanting to raise money here. I think that is a given. And the more you know, organizations that can simplify that process and you know, while still providing the right level of due diligence and background so the donors really you know, feel comfortable with the, making the donation, I think you're going to see more of that kind of work and more of those kinds of opportunities. I would like to think that as people in other parts of the world you know, who are working in government and, and other places see that this work and that this is a, a way to do this, that other countries speed up their, wherever they are in their fiscal sponsorship journey in terms of regulation and allowing you know that to exist and promoting it, maybe they could speed up their path as well.
1: And one thing I'm also wondering about, Andrew, and you touched on this earlier, You have an organization, let's say, like I used to work with the Visiting Nurses Association Mm -hmm. when I was with the Medicare program. And of course, I volunteered for the Red Cross. You know, there's umpteen of these nonprofits. Do you see them getting more actively involved, if only as what you would call a side gig, as opposed to embracing it and this is what we're going to do? Do you see more nonprofits just taking on Let's make this our baby, but we're still going to be the Red Cross, still going to be the VNA, the Visiting Nurses Association.
0: Right. I think in that situation, the best case would be for the Red Cross to maybe have a fiscal sponsor, a group of fiscal sponsor organizations that they can refer to or that they partner with. Ah. I think there's a lot of risk for a large. The Red Cross, I don't know how big it is, but it's in the tens, hundreds of millions of dollars with people all over the world. There's a lot of risk for them doing this and doing it wrong. And so I think for larger organizations, it makes sense for them to find or help create fiscal sponsors, separate organizations that are affiliated or partnered with, but that actually have that capability and that capacity and sort of understand all of the ins and outs of it so that they could send people there or help start projects there rather than try to just take it on themselves.
1: Yeah, I could see where that would be a practical way for them to embrace it. Absolutely. Now we're coming to the other reason why the show is called Looking Forward, Andrew, which is looking forward It's a positive thing. I'm looking forward to something. And on this mm-hmm. podcast, Looking Forward, it's about opportunities. Okay. I want you to think about the many individuals who have lost their jobs, who have quit their jobs not just in the United States, it's happened elsewhere too because of COVID. There are always people looking for new jobs or new careers. You've got students trying to figure out what they're going to major in, what they're going to pursue. You have all these entrepreneurs, these investors. And in this case, I'm going to add something. You have nonprofits or aspiring nonprofits located all over the world who are looking for opportunity. And it may be just an opportunity to raise money. Where do you see opportunities, there are a whole bunch of different groups I mentioned here, but we've got listeners who might represent all of those. What would you suggest are some of the good opportunities in the fiscal sponsorship world?
0: Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, you mentioned people who are looking for work. Fiscal sponsors are always hiring, especially if you have background in finance and accounting, or even come from a customer service kind of role. A lot of sponsors have a staffing structure where they have account managers essentially for their projects. If it's a professional sponsor that has a lot of projects, they might have a handful of people that are each assigned to 10, 20, 30 projects, and they're like the account manager. So if you have any background in that or any background in any kind of back office work, accounting, finance, legal, HR, they need you, we need you, we want you. (laughs) Um, that's for sure. If you're at a nonprofit, if you're leading or a leader of a nonprofit that is, I would say on the small side, I think we know that 90 something percent of the 1.8 million nonprofits in America have a budget of under $100,000 annually. And I would say if you're at one of those and have the ability to do this, think about if fiscal sponsorship might be a better option for you than being a standalone nonprofit. You might be able to save a lot of money and direct a lot of your time and attention to the programs that you're running and this building the support for those programs than doing a lot of the back office or then paying your own accountant and your own lawyer and doing your own payroll and all this kind of stuff. So I think that is another area of of opportunity that sometimes people don't really think about. But there is sort of a definitely a way for organizations that have 501 c 3 that have their tax status to give that up or put it to the side and and move under fiscal sponsorship if it's going to be beneficial for them. Obviously, to the people who are feeling pulled to start something new or do charitable work, if there's nothing out there right now in your community that is doing the work that you think is important, this would be a, a way to perhaps start doing that, right? Is to find a fiscal sponsor who you can share your vision with and explain it to them. And hopefully that's a way for you to get it off the ground without having to wait a year and spend a lot of money and time on something. One of the benefits of fiscal sponsorship, the way we're talking about it is, if you're starting something new, and it takes less time, it takes less money to start, if it fails, it's not as big a deal, right? You haven't wasted as much time, you haven't put in as much effort, and you're gonna learn something invariably, no matter what, even if the specific thing you were trying to do doesn't take off, this way, you're able to focus on that work and the, the sort of the key parts of that, that work you're wanting to do. I would say fiscal sponsor organizations, you know, by and large, are, are looking for new projects always.
1: I like want to jump on that and ask you. Normally, we think, Andrew, of entrepreneurs as people who are interested in the private sector. Mm-hmm. Would this be an opportunity, this meaning starting a project, working with a fiscal sponsor? That somebody who's somewhat entrepreneurial—I mean, we're starting something from the ground—they might have an interest in as well, and they could potentially already have been successful, right, in business. Is that also a viable opportunity for them? Oh, sure.
0: Social entrepreneurship is uh, something that's been talked about and is a growing field that includes many things beyond just starting a nonprofit or, or working in a fiscal sponsorship. But if you're entrepreneurial and you see, you know, entrepreneurs see a need for something that doesn't exist and go and create it, right? And so if that thing is a better pair of socks, that's one thing. But if that thing is wells in a remote village in, uh, in Costa Rica, like that's certainly a charitable project and uh,
1: you should be able to do that. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Costa Rica, not specifically Costa Rica, but when you talked about Pakistan, Costa Rica, this is an opportunity, depending on how you look at it, that spans the globe, really. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you two last things before we get to where you can give your expert advice. Let's talk about students. So I'm a student. I'm talking college now, or maybe I'm going back to school. Okay, could be going back. And I want to know, geez, Andrew's talked about this. This sounds really cool to me. I think this might be a neat thing. What kind of classes, what kind of education, what kind of a degree might I want to get if I want to get into this stuff?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if you are wanting to start something, if you sort of are on the path of like to be an entrepreneur in the social world, I think learning all you can about how to run a a nonprofit program and how to fundraise and how to understand what the needs are of different communities are sort of the biggest things you can do. I mean, I know a lot of colleges now have entrepreneurship programs and most of those focus on for profit businesses, but there's obviously a lot of Crossover. I mean, like I said towards the beginning, running a nonprofit is running a small business. Most people don't realize that. So I think all of those same things apply. Except in this case, if you were to go the route of fiscal sponsorship, a lot of the sort of back office work would not be on your plate. So you'd be able to start without and maybe take that on later, right? Assuming your thing was able to grow and succeed. If you're thinking fiscal sponsorship, working at a fiscal sponsor organization or, you know, a nonprofit that provides fiscal sponsorship, I would say none of the sexy things that are out there, but accounting, finance, HR. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a legal, there's a lot of people in law school who want to do, you know, work, um, in the social field and the charitable field. So, you know, this is a place. I mean, I think one of the things that I've talked a lot about with fiscal sponsors is sort of the need to expand the pie of people who know about this as a job, as a career, as a path and help bring more people under this tent of fiscal sponsorship so that can continue to get really good people. And as these organizations continue to grow, bring them on.
1: Yeah, it almost sounds like it needs, the industry itself needs more PR people, you know, who will communicate (laughs) what it's all about. The only other thing I want to ask you about that, I'm only asking you this because you said there's plenty of business out there, okay? You're a consultant in this. You've got a niche that you've carved based on your experience. And now you have so much more experience than when you started doing this. Is there an opportunity out there for somebody who wants to be doing what you're doing as a consultant in this field?
0: Yeah, I think so. I sort of chuckle when I say this, but I've been doing this for eight years. And I think I'm still the only person who does this kind of work as a consultant. There are organizations that have been created that support fiscal sponsors in different ways. And that's great. I think we need more of those and more of practices like mine that can help. I mean, I don't do everything that fiscal sponsors need or that fiscally sponsored projects need. And nor do I want to. And even if I did, I'm only one person with one perspective. And there's plenty of people out there who have widely different experiences and perspectives that could lend that and that could really be beneficial to you know many of the organizations in this world. So yeah, give me a call. Email me. We'll talk about it.
1: There you go. There you go. Lots of opportunities out there, Andrew. Thanks for sharing those with us. Sure. As somebody who's an expert on consulting with those who are involved in fiscal sponsorship activities, you are a great person, Andrew, to ask about what are some of the things that somebody who maybe is starting a project, involved with a project, needs to know to determine whether or not they need a fiscal sponsor and how they would go about choosing one. And if you want to say something about the reverse, how somebody knows whether or not they should be a fiscal sponsor or take on something, go right ahead. We'd love to hear your expertise shared.
0: So I think, is fiscal sponsorship right for your project? Say, if this is a charitable project and you want to bring in donations and grants and other things from some nonprofit entities like foundations, you need that status. You need to be either your own 51 c 3 or attached to another 51 c 3 And so that's the first question. A lot of people come to me and they're not sure if they should be going into fiscal sponsorship, getting a fiscal sponsor or getting their own 51 c 3 and starting their own nonprofit. In many situations, fiscal sponsorship usually makes more sense to start. There are certain cases where probably not a good idea to go to fiscal sponsorship. And that ranges from things like if you're doing an inherently risky work, or you want to start off by buying a building, some sort of real estate ownership or ownership of other assets right off the bat, things like that make you not a good fit for fiscal sponsorship. The other thing to think about, which is a real issue for a lot of people in a lot of situations, is personalities. right? And so going under fiscal sponsorship means that you will be part of another organization. You will be beholden in some respects to their policies and regulations and rules. And they might do things a little bit more slowly than you would on your own because they have a 100 other projects that they need to make sure they're concerned about and are taking into account. But if you're sort of like a gunslinger, like a shoot from the hip kind of person, and you're gonna chafe every time someone says, "Well, it's going to take me three days to look at this contract," then you probably don't want to start with fiscal sponsorship because it's just going to be more pain for you and the sponsor. Yeah. So I think that's part of you know the first part of your question. I think the second part of your question is you know where would you find a sponsor or how would you you know pick a sponsor? And I think we talked about the directory, which I think is a great place to start talked about community foundation, which is another really good place to start if there's any of those in your area. Some large chapter organizations like the United Way actually provides fiscal sponsorship for certain kinds of projects in certain places. So that's a place to look if you have a local United Way chapter. Otherwise, I would say, figure out where, what entity, what organization is providing assistance sort of in touch with lots of uh, profits in your area. In a lot of places, there are These nonprofit assistance organizations here in Southern, in Los Angeles, we have something called the Center for Nonprofit Management. And there's a lot of things like that, where there's nonprofit college programs, right? So nonprofit management college program. You really want to just find people who know a lot of nonprofits and what's going on, because like we said in the beginning, they're certainly the ones that are doing it as their mission and, you know, full time, but there's a lot more that are doing it that we don't know about. And so those people might know okay, well, yeah, this organization that you are doing work that want to do work that's similar to, you know, they've provided fiscal sponsorship in the past. You just talk to them. And so those are the best places to start.
1: Those are great tips. Andrew, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. I love what you're doing. I like the niche, but a good part of why I like the niche is because you're helping nonprofits do good things for society whether they're on the project side or the sponsors. And so it's got to be very fulfilling, gratifying work that you're doing, especially I'm sure when you see it come to a point of closure where this project is off the ground and running and they're raising money, et cetera, et cetera. Would love to have you tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, what Schulman Consulting does and can do for them And anything else that you want to share with them, please. Sure. Well, thank
0: you again so much for having me, Jeff. This has been a great conversation. The best place to find me is my website, Shulman Consulting. It's S C H U L M A N consulting.com. And you can email me at hi at Shulman Consulting, just H I at Shulman Consulting.com. And just, we talked a little bit about my business, but it's basically broken down into two parts. So there's the part I do with fiscal sponsors and there's a part I do with sponsored projects. And so. If you're a fiscal sponsor, uh, work at a fiscal sponsor and feel like you need some help doing that better. A lot of the work that we do with fiscal sponsors ends up being customized because every sponsor has different needs and different coming from a different place. On the project side, we have a few different ways and a few different times that we usually work with projects. One is at the beginning. So if you are starting something new and you feel like fiscal sponsorship might be an option but aren't sure where to start, we definitely work with folks in your situation and can provide them Recommendations on where to go, who to talk to and vet some of those ahead of time so that you have a good head start sort of in the, what I call the middle of the life cycle. Sometimes projects that have been started at sponsors that are doing it on the side, sometimes they get bigger, they grow, they do really well and they sort of outgrow their sponsor, but they're not ready to go out on their own. So we help them do a transfer from one sponsor to another. And then for those that make it to this point, we talked about before the, if you've gotten to the size where you're. And scale where you're sustainable and you've got the wherewithal to think about taking on becoming your own organization. We have a sort of a suite of tools and engagements to help organizations figure out if that's the right decision for them and then how to do that and then actually to go and do it.
1: Lots of good services that you provide. Just wondering do you ever present at conferences for nonprofits? It seems like you've got a lot of great stuff to share and knowledge. Thank you. Thank you.
0: I do. This is a very niche topic, as we've talked about. So there aren't always opportunities,
1: but when there are, I'm happy to do that. Okay, that's terrific. Andrew, again, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, hearing more about what you do. I can tell you that just from our conversation here, I now have so much better a grasp on this whole business of fiscal sponsorship than I had before. Uh, You've really made it very clear. And again, I love what you're doing and I commend what you're doing. And I thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that's it for part two of my conversation with Andrew Shulman. I'd highly recommend you listen to part one of my conversation with Andrew. It's episode number 99. You'll find that and all other Looking Forward episodes on our website, www.jeff-ostroff.com. And please do me a favor, check out some of the other things on the website, especially since it's just gone through what I would call a remodeling program. And while you're at it, why not tell a family member or friend about this episode or any of our other 99 Looking Forward episodes? Any one of them will not only point you in the direction of a potential global opportunity, it will also make for a great conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something. I also hope that you'll tell others about our show. If you have any comments or ideas for future episodes, please contact me at my website, jeff-ostroff.com. That's j e f f - o s t r o f ostrof This is Jeff Ostroff, inviting you to join us again next time on Looking Forward.